Hi friend, you're listening to the Desire His Renown podcast, where we exist to create space to have hard, holy conversations that lead us to ultimately desiring His Renown. If we don't know each other, I'm Emily, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today we are welcoming a familiar guest back onto the podcast, J. Mike Johnson, as we unpack shame and guilt, the impact it can have on our life, and finding freedom. Jay, welcome back. Happy to be here. I'm shocked, honestly. Didn't, after my first performance, I didn't think I was going to get uh, the invite back, but you know, you called my agent. We were able to work out a deal. And, I called your people. And here we are. Um, yeah, I don't have an agent. I think <laughs> I was desperate to be on here as much as she was, unfortunately, desperate to have me. Oh so here we are. Here we are. All right. Well, do you have two or three more fun facts about who J. Mike is that you didn't tell us on this other episode you were on? Oh, man. What did we talk about last time? We talked about hats, right? Hats, hats and baseball. baseball people. When it's kind of the family. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. So a lot of people know me as a coffee drinker. I didn't actually start drinking coffee till after college. And I really didn't start drinking coffee till like two years after college, yeah. which is crazy because now... I just did a 21 days of like prayer and fasting and I cut out caffeine okay. and I was on my deathbed is what it felt like. Um, <laughs> the strength of the Lord was there in abundance. But so I'm actually just new into the coffee space. So I love coffee now though. I'm more of an espresso guy myself, but you know, yeah, tomato, potato, it's all the same. And so uh, didn't start drinking coffee till I was after college. Now I love it. And then what's another one? What's another one? Um, I've never, I don't, I've never broken a bone i don't think wow lucky yeah. you i don't think like I've, I've never like i've had surgery where they had to like break bones things like that but like i've yeah. never actually like broken a bone in the wild if you will wow so that uh, blessing yeah that's knock great on, knock on some wood here but yeah oh. never broken a bone yeah never broken a bone so huh. yeah i have broken i've broken this arm twice in the same spot this arm and my leg so that's what four that not is, fun so maybe i just uh broke not enough milk yeah, apparently. Not enough milk. Yeah. Drink your milk. Right? Yeah. That's our biggest takeaway from the episode today. Drink milk. <laughs> uh, well, if you're not familiar with Jay, he was on an episode earlier in the season talking about singleness. And if you haven't listened, I highly recommend going back and listening. It was a really fruitful episode. Today we're diving into a bit of a heavier topic than singleness. We're going to talk about shame, guilt, and the difference between the two. Is it? Is it... Better to be known as the singleness guy or the shame and guilt guy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm glad that I'm not being asked to do singleness again, which is lovely. Not glad. It's, I'm happy. Maybe I'll say that's the same word. But shame and guilt. That's a it's a heavy jump that we're taking here. I think yeah. away from singleness. Well, so. if it makes you feel better, I um, didn't think of you as a shame and guilt guy. Okay. Because you're walking it out. You're not stuck in shaming okay we'll take that so we'll, we'll take that we'll own that it's a sign of you're walking in freedom let's do it let's do it shame and guilt are so often yeah. lumped together but there are differences and i think it took me like the longest time to realize like mm-hmm. that there are a difference but so let's take a quick look at the biblical definitions of these two terms so guilt is defined as deserving punishment for having broken a law or commandment And shame is defined as a painful emotion caused by an awareness of guilt or shortcoming. So let's break it down a little bit. And I want to quote from the Gospel Coalition uh, on an article that they talked about shame and guilt. And it says, Though guilt and shame are twins, born in the garden, only moments apart, 
they aren't identical. Guilt is usually tied to an event, like I did something bad, and shame is tied to a person, I am bad. Guilt is the wound, and shame is the scar. Guilt is isolated to the individual, and shame is contagious. Mm. And just that's just so powerful, of just and a really good explanation of the two. So let's hit the guilt aspect first. So there's a few different types of guilt I think we can carry. One being doing or saying something to others that you regret. Number two is you can bring guilt upon yourself. And three, taking on guilt that isn't yours to bear. And so we can deal with our guilt by ultimately coming to the Father with a repentant heart. However, if we don't deal with our guilt, shame is sure to creep in and take over. Absolutely. I think, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you look at it, I think a lot of what shame and guilt talks about can be exemplified in what we talked about with singleness. Yeah. And for me, I love what you talked about as kind of you define guilt. I've always kind of looked at guilt as feeling that feeling that you get when you believe you did something wrong. Yeah. And I am a person, my mom will tell you this, like I, I, I cannot lie to my, specifically my mom. Like I, she knows me way too well. Yeah. And so my tendencies, like I, I get nervous. I, I start like, what? Like, my voice goes high. Like, like even like a, a while back, I like scraped my car on something. It was wet and like his car slid and I had like a scratch on the side of my car. And it's my car. Like yeah. it's not even hers. And she's like, what happened to your car? And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I've never seen that before. What? And oh she's like, goodness. why are you lying to me? I'm like, I'm not. Like, I just like immediately started like panicking and like changing my tone. Oh my and I think about a story as like a little kid is like I, I, I took something from like a convenience store. I took like a yeah. baby bottle pop and like some chapstick. So it totaled like $3 total. Yeah, yeah. And my mom came home and I'd hit it under my pillow. And I was like waiting at the top of the stairs. And she was like, can, can I... Like, can I come upstairs? She's like, why are you sitting there? She's like, I was like, no, you can't, you can't come up here. No, no, no. And she was, so of course, what is a mother going to do? She walks to the top of the stairs. Yeah. And so I ran to my room and like blocked the door. And she's like, well, I'm obviously coming to your room now. And I was yeah. like, no, you can't come in here. And then she walked to my room and I, of course, ran to the bed and, and like sat on the bed and, and she's like, okay, like I'm coming over to your bed now. And I'm like, no. And so I dive <laughs> on top of my pillow and I'm like, you cannot look under this pillow. It's so like. Just so guilty. And, you completely and, gave it away, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I did not do a good job of hiding uh, my sin. And, and your sins will find you out, as they say. So yep. for me, like, when I think of guiltiness, like, that's kind of what I, like, some of my childhood experiences yeah. that are even recent experiences that I go back to. But it's this feeling when we get, when, you know, we believe we did something wrong or we yeah. messed up, we made a mistake. And I think with guilt, like you talked about, difference maybe than shame is that it can usually be tied to a specific event, like a specific mm-hmm. mistake, a specific sin, like we know the moment. And in and, and in those moments, I think sometimes guilt can be a beneficial thing yeah. if used correctly because um, it can lead us to repentance. It can lead mm-hmm. us to seeking forgiveness, and, um, in, 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 and it can lead us to you know reconciliation with those that we have hurt or have yeah. hurt us, which is awesome. However, I think there's also times that it can be a hurtful thing, mm-hmm. and that's where bad things happen, and that's where shame creeps in. Because um, if someone feels guilty for something, they're not necessarily responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Not always. And that yeah. can be damaging. And, and yeah. for instance, like let's say to kind of hit one of the points that you talked about, like taking on guilt that isn't theirs. Like if someone felt guilty because they were not able to like, you know, keep like during COVID, like if your favorite restaurant yeah. went out of business and you weren't able to keep that store in business, like that's not your fault. Yeah. And, like, you'd be like, no, like yeah. for me, like BJ's Alabama <laughs> barbecue went out of business. Like what do I do? Like. <laughs> Like, you're not responsible for that. Yeah. Like, that's not your fault. So, like, we can carry, like, a, a you know, a, a, a 
more maybe abstract example like that or yeah. we can carry like if, if one of your friends fell and, and you weren't there um, yeah. to, to keep them out of temptation like that, that's not your fault and like we yeah. carry these hurts and these guilt that, that isn't our fault and that's where kind of the, the bad things can happen on, the, yeah. on that side of guilt yeah it's kind of like that like if only I knew or only if I was there but then you're living in the what ifs and that's not going to get you anywhere exactly either. so again guilt can be a good thing guilt yeah. can be a bad thing but I think it becomes a bad thing when we let it linger for too long. Yeah. We don't act upon it. Or if we carry guilt that is just simply not yours to carry. Yeah, exactly. And so then talking or moving into shame, shame makes us feel small. And it shrinks us down and makes us want to run and hide, kind of like Adam and Eve in the garden. So whether it's a sin we're struggling with or something someone said or did to you, the longer shame goes unaddressed, the more it's going to take root and permeate like every area of yeah. your life. Um, when we don't deal with the guilt and shame in our lives, it can start to affect us in many different ways, like physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Uh, besides your candy or stolen candy story yeah. in your car, what else is there? Like how has that proven true in your life? Yeah, shame. shame's tough, right? Mm-hmm. Shame's one that like more than guilt. Shame like I feel like lingers for yeah. a long time because like you said, they build, they're twins, they're different. Yep but they build on one another and then guilt can turn into just a crippling shame. And, and yeah. so for me, like I define shame as like, it doesn't necessarily relate to a specific action, but rather it relates to like my self-esteem and how I mm-hmm. see myself a lot of times. And I, I've shared on the previous episode, like I have a huge fear of rejection and that comes from mistakes from my past because yeah. I'm ashamed of what I did. I'm ashamed of the mistakes I made. I'm ashamed of the people I hurt. I'm ashamed of hurting myself and I don't want to carry that into a relationship, whether that's romantic or whether that's with a friend. Like, I don't want to be rejected yeah. by that person for what I've done in my past. And mm-hmm. and shame tells me you will be rejected. And, and so shame is going to hurt my self-esteem. And it again, it can develop from my guilt, but it can be caused by how I feel about something I did. Um, but it's not really even about that event in particular anymore. It yeah. becomes more rooted in who I am as a person. And so unlike with guilt, again, which can be beneficial at times mm. and can lead to change. Shame, unfortunately, keeps us trapped in our past or yeah. in the things that we cannot change. And so as Christians, it's cool to know that like we don't have to have shame. Like Christ mm. died so that he would remove our shame. Yeah. And, 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 you know, 2 Corinthians 5.17 is often a verse that, that we throw around. But if you really take a moment to look at the weight of this concept of, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, mm-hmm. the new is here. So when you mess up, when you fall short, like God sees Jesus. Like he doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't even see. He's like, mm. like we sit there and we linger. Like God, I messed up five years ago. Like I'm yeah. still walking. This. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. Like I don't see that anymore. I don't. I don't yeah. even have remembrance of those things. Like I want to know. Mm. Um, I want to know you, and I know I intimately know you, and I yeah. know you through my Son Jesus. And so for us, like coming to that realization is so necessary and so important. And I think in my own life, what I can do is try to rely on my own strength and own ability. And yeah. that's where shame loves to make camp and live for mm-hmm. a long time. Because for me, it's like, all right, I have to fix this, God. I have to fix this before yeah. I can come to you, before I can be loved. I need to fix these issues. And that's kind of how shame displays itself in my life. Yeah, and I think that's something that some people will forget is like the Lord like is – so gentle and loving and kind where it's like you don't have to like yeah. get yourself together Absolutely. to come to the Lord and just like I mean it's kind of like the song like come as you are but it's like really and truly that's it like he doesn't he loves the messy parts of you 
and wants to like set you free from those emotions and I think about for me in my earlier teen years I was going through a hard situation and I didn't know to run to the Lord with those things and I ended up running to pornography and became addicted to it for like years Mm -hmm. and fast forward like a few years like of course like I'm carrying that like guilt of like I know I shouldn't be doing that and I think too one of the biggest things that in our society now is like it's a normalized things or normalized thing for like guys to struggle with but it's still like like if you are a girl and you struggle with pornography it's like oh like you're the only girl in the world that does and the enemy is so good at like keeping you in that shame and it's when you bring it to the light The Lord is going to be faithful to set you free from that. And I think about that with my life because I probably like two, three years into my addiction, I started having like really bad health issues. Like I was in like constant pain 24-7. Like anything I ate, like I'd be like just debilitated. And I think my mom had to like sleep in my bed with me for like a year. I'm like, I cannot be by myself. And I was going through different tests because my doctors couldn't figure it out. And they were getting, like, more and more invasive. And eventually my mom was like, do you have any hidden sin in your life? And I was like, no. We call it the, uh, what is the the dude from Shrek? Oh, my gosh. The gingerbread man voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. call it, no. Oh, yeah. well, it goes real high, yeah. The gingerbread man voice comes out. And, yeah, there and you go. You're in trouble when you hear that voice, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but she was, like, driving me to work because I was, like, so I'm like, I'm not going to be like, yes, mom, I do have hidden sin in my life. Me? Well, me? No. And I think at that point in time, like, I was like, because I mean, I had people in my life that like, I would like confess that sin to. Right. But like, my parents were like, they're like, they're never going to know type of thing. Because it's just like, yeah. I don't want them to know. But it got to the point where like later that week, the Lord like was like, Emily, you have to like confess this. And like, you can do it. Um, and so I am not a conflict or a confrontation person. I'm more now, like, healthily than I probably would have liked to be back then, but uh, or that I was back then. But I wrote them a letter. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote them a letter before the letter yeah. of, like, I think it was actually more like a prayer, like, just, like, praying over, like, <laughs> reading this. And um, I said, I, like, go and get a shower, and I come out, and the door's closed. I'm like, crap, they found it already. And so I, like, sit in my room, and I'm, like, listening, I think, to, like, a Matthew West song. Oh, classic. Yeah, like, I think it's um, Strong me, Enough. Tell me you grew up in youth group without telling me you exactly. grew up in youth group, yeah. for sure. But anyway, so then my dad comes in, and I was like, oh, no. But he came in, and he met me with, like, such grace. Like, when I think about that moment, I think about, like, if Jesus was walking on this earth, like, in the flesh, like he was in Bible times, like... And I would would have, like, gone to him and been like, hey, like, this is my sin. This is what I'm struggling with. And the grace that, like, my family met me with yeah. was, like, one of the, like, greatest things that I think I've ever experienced. Um, but get this, like, the shame and guilt left when I brought it to light. But yeah. so did all of my, like, health issues. Like, Funny how that's connected. I huh? know, right? Like, the spiritual roots of things, man, they, they're they real when you have, like, all these things. But um, it was just crazy. And so I think that's, like, a good example of that and, like, what you were sharing. Just go to the Lord mm-hmm. because, like, there's nothing good that's going to come from holding on to that shame and that guilt is going to just do more harm than good. So 
well, going into Hebrews 12, 1, it talks about throwing off everything that hinders or sin that easily entangles us from running the race with endurance. Why is this so vital in our walk with the Lord? Uh, first and foremost, I think it starts with what you just laid out is because those things will hold you back. If mm-hmm. you like those weights, those sins, like those things that Hebrews 12, two talks about and in Hebrews 12, one and two is like one of my life verses. Yep. I, I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on note cards throughout my, my room, on my bathroom. Yeah. Like I, again, I said, but previously I coached baseball, like my, my fungo bat, which is a, a <laughs> bat that coaches use to, to hit ground balls and pop flies. Like that, that verse is engraved on that bat. Like that, that verse has become a, a life mission for me because it, it, it reminds me that like you, you have to throw those weights aside yeah. like you have to because i mean it's it, it's the old adage of like it'll it'll bog you down it'll slow you down mm-hmm. it'll hold you back and i think about my story of life of like committing sexual sin and not telling anybody and hiding that and and having this fear of not being known not being loved and, and running as fast as i can from any form of vulnerability or or yeah. intimacy because I, I didn't want that rejection it held me back from so much life and so much uh, love and, and that would come from those relationships and that fear uh, that the thing that I was most afraid of was actually the thing that I needed most in mm. life and if you don't throw those weights down you'll never ever ever be able to get the things that, that we actually were created and called to have in our lives yeah. and, and so it's going to hold you back Um so again it's it's one of those things that I would call as a classic case of like it's simple but it's not easy. Like yeah. you know, it's simple to just come and, and admit your sin, admit your shame, admit your guilt, seek forgiveness, seek repentance, and just lay it at Jesus' feet and watch what He's going to magically yeah. do when you trust Him with those things. But boy, is it one of the hardest things that you will ever do in your life. And so that, to me, is why it's so important. Is because, like, simply, if you don't do it, you will not experience the freedom that we are called yeah. to receive and experience on this side of heaven. Yeah, and I think about. About a year or so after I had, like, gone to my parents uh, about my struggle with pornography and, like, walking in this freedom, I was at, like, my, I think it was, like, senior year of, like, student camp. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't gone to camp, like, since, like, sixth grade. I was not a camp person. Uh, But this one was, like, the most life-changing thing ever. But the pastor at the, or for that service that night or one of the nights, he was sharing his story, and part of his story is, like, he had struggled with pornography, but, but, like, taken it into their marriage and, like, talked about how, like, his wife met him with, like, so much grace within that. Yeah. But then he just, like, really took time to dwell on, like, the freedom that comes from, like, taking those weights off. And I remember I was sitting in the front row with, like, my group of my girls, and we, he was, like, doing this, and I'm, like, sitting there, and I'm, like, shaking, and I'm, like this is the coolest thing to like be able to fully know like the freedom that he's like talking about. So they like start playing the songs and I'm like bawling my eyes out. I'm just like, this is the coolest thing ever Mm -hmm. because like when you can relate to that and you're not like, Oh, I wish I could experience that or I wish I could be free from this. But like when you're walking in that freedom, it makes like, like, yeah, like that was so hard to go through and like to admit that and like have to like humble yourself enough to be like, Hey, I messed up. But on the other side of that, like, it's so worth it, and Jesus is so worth it. The best way I know to describe, personally, what you just described in your own life is 
several times in my life I've been like crying out to God to remove something from my life. Mm. At the same time, I'm holding on to that thing as a yeah. like I have a death grip on it, mm. and I'm like, God, take this away from me. I dare you. Like it's like please. Yeah. But it's this sense of deeper than what I feel in my hands is what I feel in my heart. Mm. And it almost feels like somebody has a like a grip on my heart where my heart can't beat right. Yeah. I can't breathe right. It feels like someone's like making it hard for me to mm. breathe. Um, and that is this sense of like chains that, that is gripping me in terms of my heart where it just doesn't feel right. It feels like something's yeah. off. It doesn't feel like my heart's even beating right. It doesn't mm. feel like I'm breathing right. And, and the moment of release that happens when you truly come with yeah. – open hands and open palms is a physical sense of freedom but that doesn't happen until you admit that 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 pain that suffering that you've been through and then you tell god what you're afraid of because my dad always says is a man who will never admit his fears is a man who will never face his fears Mm -hmm. and that's someone who will never overcome their fears and and if you don't admit what you're afraid of admit what you know that shame can be comfortable yeah. And, and you have to admit that you're comfortable in your shame. Yeah. And you have to admit that you, you're afraid to step out of your shame because you don't know what's on the other side of that. Mm. And what a horrible place to be yeah. that we're afraid to step out of a bad place yeah. because well, could it be worse maybe? And the yeah. answer is no. Like it cannot be worse than hiding in your mm. shame. You have to release it. Let that your heart beat freely again. Let yourself breathe freely again yeah. and step into the grace and the, the I mean, just comforting arms of our everlasting savior yeah i think about um i mean like we've already talked about like shame is literally like a weight like it really is and so like i'm not a runner by any means Uh, i've tried it not gonna be a thing but i would think that if you're running a marathon that you're not going to run with those weights. It's like these CrossFitters, right? They run with weighted vest on. It's like, whose idea was that? Exactly. Like, I say that, I'm like, why? But, like, if you're running, like, a 5K or 10K or whatever, like, you're probably not going to run with the weighted vest on because it's going to slow you down. But if we're called to run this race of faith with endurance, like, shouldn't we want to throw everything off and go all in? And that's kind of like we talked about in the singleness episode where – like serving and just going all in with like that time with the Lord, but with our whole life, mm-hmm. when we're living for the Lord, like take it all off and just run after the Lord without those weights. Then when we get to Hebrews twelve two, it talks about then fixing our eyes on Jesus, who scorned and despised shame on the cross, which I yeah. think is beautiful. Um, and breaking it down for a minute is... I don't know if any of you have heard of the Enduring Word commentary. I discovered it this past year from TikTok, actually. Come on. Um, TikTok doing the work of the Lord. That's what I love to see. But it describes uh, that part of Hebrews um, talking about the shame. And the quote from it says, One of the most prominent elements of the torture of the cross was its extreme shame. Jesus did not welcome this shame. He despised it. Mm -hmm. Yet he endured it through to victory. And... It says, or goes on to say that Daniel twelve twenty two says that shame will be an aspect of the terrors of hell. So Jesus bore this hellish shame to accomplish our redemption. First and, and foremost, wow, yeah. right? I'm like admirable. I think for a lot of us to even consider, and 
it, it's that's what I try to do. One of the, the biggest changes in my like sense of worship and my sense of like all of God is that, like when I worship, I I can become a very distracted person. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about this a lot. Of like one thing I'm trying to do better is like be someone who intercedes on the behalf of mm-hmm. other people, intercedes on behalf of my wants, needs, desires, yeah. um, and truly get like on my knees in prayer. Mm-hmm. So during worship, like I've I, I use kind of Isaiah six as the as the springboard for my imagination where, he, where Isaiah talks about being at the throne room of God mm-hmm. and what he sees. And so I try to picture myself in that place when I'm worshiping yeah. and really, you know, the old hymn of like turning my eyes to mm-hmm. Jesus and, and looking full into his face and, and seeing what he's done and celebrating what he's done and, and picturing the weight of what he took on on the cross and picturing the weight of what he did um, in defeating hell. Like, really trying to visualize and feel those things because yeah. oftentimes I'm the type of person that like I'll start to pray and I'll be like, Dilworth, thanks for this day. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my mom. Oh crap, I forgot to call my mom back. <laughs> like, who am I taking Zeke to practice to, like, am I taking my little brother to practice tomorrow? Or is she like shoot, let me text my mom right now. And then I fall asleep. Like it's you know, that's like oftentimes yeah. how like my squirrel? prayer Yeah, exactly. Like I told you I didn't do caffeine and so I caught myself like staring outside at like squirrels and trees like while I was working just things like that and I can become so distracted by mm-hmm. life and, and by like just little things around me that I yeah. don't truly sit uh with my attention turned to Jesus mm-hmm. like like we're we're gonna miss Jesus if he doesn't have our attention yeah so giving Jesus my undivided attention mm-hmm. and recognizing what he's done for me is so important in overcoming guilt and shame because when he has your attention, there is no room for guilt and shame. Yeah. When you, if you have guilt and shame in your life, you are still giving that your attention mm-hmm. instead of giving your full attention and undivided attention to Jesus. So for me, that's what I've tried to do to embody Hebrews twelve and excuse me, Hebrews twelve two is fully turning my eyes to Jesus and mm-hmm. recognizing what He has done for my shame, what He has done for my pain, what He has done for my my past. And and now I can rest in that. I can yeah. feel my heart beat freely again. I can feel myself breathe freely again so that I can experience that abundant life again mm-hmm. on earth um, even before I ever get to heaven one day. Yeah, I think about that. So this past week, um, we have been doing some like worship and prayer nights yeah. at STF and they have been some of the most powerful nights that I've been a part of the last couple of nights. And so the first night that I went, which was Wednesday, we were singing just like, we were doing like an acoustic set and it was great. And like, I felt like that kind of like that distracted where I'm like, okay, this is great. And I'm here and I love this. And I'm like worshiping, but I was like looking like, oh, who's here? Who like, do I need to say hi to or like whatever. And then the next day I was just like, afterwards like me and my best friend had gone and like we walked a couple laps around the church and just like processing like things that like were on our heart and so the next day I was at work and so for every chance that I got I was like journaling and just praying over like the next or like that night um of worship and prayer but then also just like things that were like on my heart and I was like I can't tell you the last time that like it was like every single chance I got, like I'm talking to the Lord, I'm communing yeah. with the Lord. And I think about something that one person said on Wednesday night that was just talking about the woman with the issue of blood. And it's like, if like the like hem of his garment can heal, then like go to Jesus, like, and he will heal you. And kind of like going with that shame of like, I'm sure she had so much shame because she was considered unclean. Mm-hmm. And, but she had that faith of if I can just touch his hem, like I'm going to be healed. And I was just thinking about that yesterday. I was like, Lord, like 
I'm not necessarily like seeking like healing like physically right now but like I just felt like yesterday like I was like death grip on yeah. his like garment or like um just like I like I need the Lord and so then like last night when we were worshiping and praying like it was a completely different night kind of like you were talking about where it's just like I don't think I opened my eyes like most of the night I'm just yeah. like either sitting there like worshiping with like with whatever song or I'm also like walking around and just like observing and just taking it in because it was beautiful but then like on my knees in prayer or just like sitting there and just praying for anything and everything and it's just been the coolest thing um but kind of like you're saying which is like when you're not holding on to that shame and guilt you're fully fixed you can fully fix your eyes on jesus and just be in his presence and it's the coolest thing and it's so much better than holding on to the shame and guilt absolutely Absolutely. (laughs) um but yeah so when we talk about the differences between shame and guilt what are some ways we can like walk in that freedom from shame, guilt, and the lies that are attached, mm-hmm. and walk it out effectively? Yeah, let's. Well, I think we both kind of got a couple things here, so yeah. I'll, I'll bat lead off. I'll go first. Okay. Um, and, and the first I think is confessing your sin. Mm. So confessing your sin to God, confessing your sin to that person, and then you know maybe a trusted confidant. We'll get into accountability here in a second, but. Confessing your sin is so important. First um, yeah. John one nine says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness, unrighteousness." And confessing your sins is is hard because yeah. it's it's embarrassing sometimes. Because why? Because of shame and guilt. Yeah. And and confessing our sins is, is a biblical command that we have that starts. That's the beginning point of salvation. It's the beginning point mm-hmm. of reconciliation. And I know for me, confessing my sins, it looks like humbling myself because mm-hmm. I, I can't do wrong. Are yeah. you me? <laughs> Like, I'm perfect, right? Like, I can't mess up. So it starts from a place of humility. But more than anything, I think what confessing your sins does is is it gets it out in the open. Mm. And it allows you to not let it meditate. And it allows you not not meditate on your sin, not mm. fester that sin, like, not let it grow stronghold, not feed it. Like, you yeah. get it out. You get it out from under you, and you get it into the light. And so for me, confessing your sin is the first and foremost thing because so many of us like what we do is is I think we find ourselves in this place where we get in like our um, we make our shame and our guilt our idol yeah and and we we just continue to talk about like I'll never get over this shame and guilt mm-hmm. we'll tell people about it even yeah. sometimes like yeah. oh I feel shame because of this like all these reasonable lists and it becomes an idol yeah and and so why do we go to people for advice we go to all these people like oh help me out with this when those people are doing shame and guilt themselves <laughs> like instead like take it to God take yeah. it to him repent and and confess to him primarily and then from there let's move down the line of people we've wronged and we need to sin mm-hmm. and we've sinned against them and, and we need to confess that to them and then our accountability to, to move forward and hold us accountable with that. So confess that sin, get it in the open and, and just turn to God with those things. Yeah. I think, and going off of that, like when you confess your sin, there's usually forgiveness that needs to happen, whether that's asking and receiving it from somebody or like going to the Lord. I mean, like you said, like that's where you need to start because when you have sin in your life or shame and guilt in your life, you're separated from the Lord until you deal with that. So whether it's walking it out in forgiveness by just like something between you and the Lord, or if you need to go to somebody or yourself even, Mm -hmm. because sometimes when you have that, like something that like you did that maybe someone like doesn't know about or nobody knows about, but sometimes you have to forgive yourself for things that like you do. And I think that's such an important thing. And one thing that I wanted to share uh, on forgiveness is a forgiveness prayer that I was taught 
from like such an early age, but it's like life changing. It was actually shared last night at the worship and prayer night that we were at. But it, so it's one from Freedom in Christ and it's a ministry by Neil Anderson. But basically the forgiveness prayer is saying like, Lord, I choose to forgive whoever for, and then you only name one offense at a time. Like you have to go through, like you can't just be like, oh, for doing X, Y, and Z and like go through all of them, but doing it one, even though it made me feel, and then you just empty your heart of every emotion um, that you're feeling. You may need to pull out the emotion wheel if (laughs) you need to do that. (laughs) Um, And then you just repeat that part until like you've gone through like every offense and emptied out your heart of every emotion. But then like saying like, Lord, I choose not to hold these things against whoever any longer. And like, thank you for setting me free from the bondage of my bitterness towards whoever. Mm-hmm. And then the test of that is if you're like emptied it out is if you can then bless that person and like yeah. pray a blessing over them. And that's hard to do. Like, you feel like, I don't want to bless that person or pray for like the Lord to bless them. They don't deserve it. But when you're in that heart and your heart's right with the Lord, then it's going to be easier to do that. I think I'm going to jump in on yours for a second yeah. because something that's been on like deep in my conversations in my past is like saying I'm sorry to someone or forgiving someone is not I forgive you, but it's yes. not I'm sorry, but yes, that that's not an apology and that's mm. not forgiveness. Uh, an apology is here's what I've done wrong and mm. I come before you humbly asking for forgiveness yeah. and forgiveness is hey, I, I, I was hurt, yes. However, because Christ has forgiven me, I forgive mm. you. And, and, yeah. and, you, and you, 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 I don't want to say move on, but you, you don't necessarily forget sometimes. It's hard, yeah. but, but like you, you, you forgive. And, and, and then there's restoration in that process. So mm. if your apologies look a lot like, hey, I'm sorry, but you made me do that. Or I'm sorry, but you mm. did that. Like, that's not an apology. Yeah. That's not owning, owning and confessing your sins, mm-hmm. even in a healthy way. Or if your if your forgiveness looks like, well, I forgive you. However, <laughs> I will hold this over your head. Like, dude, that's yeah. that's not forgiving. So yeah. I just want to I want to tag that on because yeah. I've been guilty of that in my life a lot. Yeah, I think that's such a we're so quick to do that. Where it's like, okay, we're like, I'm gonna forgive you. We're like, I'm sorry, but and like you're saying, but I think sometimes we do that to maybe like provoke an apology. For from somebody. Yeah, that's manipulative. It is. And so you have to be willing to f- like get to the point where you can forgive even if you don't get an apology. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's been like such a huge theme in my life with different situations or different relationships the last handful of years where it's like, okay, like I've been hurt and like I'll own up to my part. That's like something we've talked about before with friendship stuff is like at the end of the day, like can you say you've done everything on your part? to like be right with that person and so I'll like do that but like it's not from a place of like oh well I hope that like me apologizing makes them want to apologize and so it's just it's just crazy but it's worth it because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be like oh well I'm gonna wait like Mm -hmm. then that bitterness or anger or whatever emotion you're feeling is gonna take root and permeate yeah absolutely well moving on I'll hit number three and that's find accountability so if one is confess your sin, two is walk in forgiveness where needed, three is find accountability. Mm-hmm. You have to have people that have access to your life and yeah. have access to your deepest, darkest seekers. So I have four or five guys, and, and whether it's softwares on your phone or whether it's um, their ability to speak truth into my life and ask me questions that I have to answer, uh, it's easy to lie. It really is, but it's it's more 
uh, fruitful and more beneficial if you're going to allow them mm-hmm. to ask you those questions to answer truthfully yeah. and answer honestly. So for me, accountability is a huge part in this um, to A, keep me, keep me pure, keep me safe, but also to when I do slip up, they're going to be the ones that are like, did you talk to that person and did you ask for forgiveness? Well, yeah. No. Okay, well, when are you going to do it? And I like hold yeah. me to that. And and I, I heard there's a great rule that like, uh, I heard some like, oh man, I wish I could cite who, who told me this, but they have a rule that if, if they're in conversation with someone and that person is, is talking about the guilt and the and the shame mm-hmm. in their life, um, and it's being caused by someone else, and it and it and it's a negative conversation that's happening. Yeah. They say to them, and, and a lot of this is rooted in gossip sometimes, but they say you have twenty four hours mm-hmm. to go tell that person how you're feeling right now, or I will call them. Mm-hmm. And and you're like, that'll oh, kick your like crap. butt into doing that. And then you have to own that. Like you can't just yeah. say that. Like, you got to do it. And that you want to talk about relationships getting healed and relationships mm-hmm. having forgiveness is holding people accountable in that way. So accountability is going to be a huge portion of this and guilt and shame. Um, but but more than accountability of like keeping you on track, it's mm-hmm. it's also people that you can come to and openly and vulnerably tell them what's going yeah. on in your life. Yeah. And the last one I want to hit is just share your story, kind of like what we're doing today, but. You know, sharing your story and being vulnerable brings a lot of freedom in itself and healing, too. When you can, like, share whatever it is, like, whether it's, like, hey, I'm feeling shame or guilt from this or, hey, I'm Mm -hmm. struggling with this sin or somebody did this to me and this is the way that I'm feeling, whatever it is. And I think it's important to know, like, well, one, you don't need to find your identity in your story and, like, that's not like, like, yes, that's what you've been through. Yes, this is like yeah. your life and your story, but it's not like who you are. Like, is your identity should be found within Christ and who, like, he says you are yeah. and who you are in him. And so that's like a huge thing that I've had to learn is like, yes, I can say, like, oh, I've been through all of this. But then whenever you're sharing your story, it's like, okay, yeah, I've been through this, but here's what the Lord did. And so when you're sharing your story from a place of freedom and you're walking within truth, it should be from a place of, okay, but here's what the Lord did and like giving him all the glory and honor because all of those things can't happen without the Lord. Like you can't walk in freedom without the Lord. You can't break um, sin patterns or um, habits or whatever without the Lord. So I think being able to share your story from that place of freedom, but also a place of victory, is going to be huge in overcoming your shame and guilt. Absolutely. So as we close out this episode, we're going to change up our last question a little bit. So how has the Lord turned your shame and guilt into glory and used it for your good? Yeah. How much time do we have? (laughs) Uh, Because I got just a boatload of stories in this area. But I would say for me, the biggest story that I immediately think about and 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 go to is just my struggle with sexual sin like mm-hmm. coming out of college and and it was a time where i again fled from accountability accountability is so important in my life and i look at the times when i'm healthiest it's when i'm in biblical community with mm-hmm. other people and i um had had not told anybody about what i was dealing with guilt and shame wise for probably yeah. at this point it had been about a year and a half mm-hmm. and um you know i mentioned in the other episode that I was on about how I'd heard a message that was like if if you don't share your story if you're not open and vulnerable about what you're walking through then you know you'll always be questioning like can someone truly love you for who you Mm -hmm. are and one of my good friends um he shared with me something he said 
I need to let you know that I've been struggling with a pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, like, I know this guy, um, and he's had sex. And I've never done that. So at least I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And the way he said it was very, and very much so, and, and I truly to this day don't know if he meant it in a demeaning way, but did not come across great. Yeah. And I remember not in an angry way, not in a selfish way, like not in a, a combative way, but remember saying, well, I, I've done that too. Mm-hmm. And opening up for the first time. And A, the freedom that we just talked about, the freedom that felt of like letting that off my chest for yeah. the first time ever. But then second of all, walking through with him scripture of like in the new testament or the new covenant like what you do in your mind what you do in your heart mm-hmm. is equivalent to the old testament of physically acting upon those things yeah. and that's a longer conversation for unpacking mm-hmm. old covenant versus new covenant yeah. and, and, and old testament versus new testament but i was able to tell him those things and, and and then for the first time in telling him those things i think i gave myself the grace, the mercy, mm-hmm. and the freedom that I had offered to so many other people that I wasn't yeah. offering to myself and let myself finally feel free um, and, and just be held by Christ in that moment. And and then the impact that my sharing of my story had on his life. Mm-hmm. And it felt like as soon as that happened, as soon as that moment happened, I had no less than 10 people come to me and talk about a struggle they had with a specific sin or with um, sexual sin. And and I was able to just empathize with them and open up and share with them and the way that the Lord used the sharing of my story to impact so many people. And even to this day, I'll share that. And people are like, you? Like, you deal with that? I'm like, you think way too highly of me, first (laughs) and foremost. But second of all, like, we all fall short. We all are going to stumble in some area of life. Mm -hmm. And there is grace. There is mercy for that. And for me, I've been able to live from that grace, from that freedom, and know like who God says I am. Like I am his child. I am worth mm-hmm. it. I'm worth him dying on the cross for. Yeah. And to be able to live from that and be able to speak boldly into other people's lives about the shame and guilt that I harbored in my heart yeah. for way too long and, and, and ruined physically my life, ruined emotionally my life, ruined spiritually my life, ruined you know mentally my life. To be able to release that and, and give that over to God fully, see the impact it had not only in my life but in the life of close friends and, and even people I barely knew has been transformative. Uh, like, again, transcendent is the only way to describe it. So let it out. Share it. Uh, yeah. it. He will use it for his glory. Yeah. And it's funny because we – you don't know this, but we kind of have like a similar story within that. So within like 24 hours – like so back, going back to like my – senior year at camp and like I was like bawling my eyes out the like night before this happened from like just like I knew like this freedom but then the next day it was raining during our free time so we couldn't like go do anything outside because obviously we were at camp so we stayed in our cabin me and I think like six or seven girls were were in the cabin and we were just sitting around in a circle talking about I was like guys I just feel like I need to share like my story and they were like bring it on so like I share my story like all the details, all the everything where it's just, like, laying it out there, like, the vulnerability. Like, probably was the most vulnerable I've ever been in my life, mm. um, or, like, the start of that. And so then I'm, like, done sharing my story, and then another girl's like, okay, I'm going to share my story. And, like, everybody ended up sharing their story. Every single girl in that room had struggled with the same things that I did. And the same sin. And one girl had confessed it for the first time. And she had been, like, harboring that for, like, over a decade. And it was, like, the craziest thing. And it's, like, not that, like, something that, like, you and I did. Because it's, like, the Lord giving us the boldness to do that. 
and also just orchestrating like who we're having that conversation with and like the freedom that comes from that but I think about uh, Zephaniah 319 and I like the amplified version of the verse and it says I will turn their shame into praise and renown Mm -hmm. and I just want you guys to know like he promises to turn your shame into glory and he gives us beauty for our ashes when we give the ashes to him and one of the biggest things I've seen in my life when I wasn't living in the guilt and shame and sin I was living in freedom and walking in truth and that's what we're called to do and within that freedom like we keep saying there's that vulnerability to share not only my story but hopefully you guys will share your story but with the desire to exalt the Lord and give him all the glory and honor for what he's done because that's what we're called to do and made to do. Uh, I've learned that contrary to popular belief humans can't read minds most of the time yeah and so you can sit here and wallow in your shame and guilt and mm. be like nobody knows me nobody knows what i'm going through a lot of times you're right they don't yeah so take that step of faith to mm. share your story to be vulnerable to open up and that is the beginning of healing yeah it starts so you know that relationship with god and then begin to use what he's done in your life for his glory because you're just a vessel and that's what he wants to use you for is his glory so yeah do it well jay thanks so much for diving a little bit deeper than singleness. Come on. Vulnerability again and sharing some of your story and being on another episode. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we make it back for a trifecta. <laughs> Not looking good. Last time I sang on the podcast, but again, I'm just <laughs> shocked that we're here for number two. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you walk away feeling encouraged. Join us next week as we wrap up season one and talk about loving others well, especially when they've hurt us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on our social media at Desire His Renown. Hope you guys have the best week ever.